Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Hey, folks! Uh, really appreciate you joining me this week. Uh, we're uh, moving on with uh, Pastor Max Buchanan's in the studio with me again for some shows. And if you don't know Pastor Max, he has been my youth pastor for the last how many years? Six years. Last six years, and is is transitioning possibly this next year as we uh, look forward to some things in in ministry and within within the church. But uh, really glad to have him. He's also doing a lot of speaking for me, so I like having him in the radio so we can banter back and forth. You get a little bit of contrast. You get a 65-year-old man and a 28-year-old man. So there you are. Now all we need is a 40-year-old in here, and we got ourselves a... A party. A party. A yeah. real party. Multi-generational yeah. party. There you go. Well, let me pray, and we'll roll. Our Heavenly Father, thanks for the day. Thanks for Pastor Max and the ministry that he's been able to do for the last six years, and how you've opened up his life, and you've uh, certainly helped him and his wife and, and directed them. And I pray you just use us today that people would hear some things that you want them to hear. We love you. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Max and I have kind of a contrast in who we are because I was raised by Church of God pastors that that are from old school, and being that I'm old, it was really old school, and I was raised in Pendleton, Oregon, Clarkston, Washington, and mostly in Caldwell, Idaho. And so then in my later years, went to Vancouver, Washington in my 30s, was there almost 10 years, and then returned back to Idaho, which I didn't think I'd ever come back to. But it's certainly a different culture change uh, living in Idaho most of your life. I've lived in Idaho, see, the last 33 years, and I lived the first 24. So the first 20, 50, I mean, so about 57 of those my life years. No, it hadn't been that long because I lived some other places. 17, I can't add. About 50 of the 65 years I've lived in Idaho, which is a very conservative state and very interesting. Well, you were raised your entire life in SoCal. Yeah, Southern California, and um, I was I, ra- I was raised, I went to a conservative Baptist church for my entire life, and my dad had been there since he was in sixth grade. My mom is on staff there, currently still is, and when I was in middle school, she went on staff there as kind of women's ministry director, and then now has wears a variety of hats, and so grew up in that church, and then I went on to go to Calvary Chapel Bible College for a couple years, and then went just recently went back and finished my bachelor's degree this last year through CCBC again, which is kind of, you know, a different spectrum than than what we're on and quite a bit different. Um, but there's a lot of similarities. That's why I, I notice is like the core tenants, as long as we got those figured out, it's like all yeah. the other stuff. I think people are getting obsessed with the other stuff these days. And it's like, at the end of the day, we want people to know Christ. Yes, we, we can do. differ on yeah. the non-essentials. Yep. And, and we've even seen it and talked about it in different scenarios. And Pastor Tom will bring it up. And, and you know, you guys might be shocked to, to know that Pastor Tom and I, we don't probably agree on everything, but we got the, we got the main stuff, the main stuff, and we're going to keep the main stuff, the main stuff. And I think that that's an important lesson for all of us. So even if you're going to a church where you're, obviously if there's you know some heretic thing, then you want to get out of there. But if you don't agree with every single little point, don't let it be a stumbling block to you. Have open conversations, but don't stress your pastor out with it. Because this is coming as a little you know public service announcement from a pastor, <laughs> is that there's so many opinions that we're all wrong yeah. on some of them. So just you know, continue to faithfully stand behind your pastor and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to them and allow them to continue to teach you the word. And then on anything that you have questions about, don't 
don't hesitate to bring it up, but don't let it become a dividing issue for you. No, I think that's, that's important. Says, yeah, and, and you know, you you had like you said, you're raised Baptist in Calvary Tra- Chapel, now Church yeah. of God. You've got a you've got a piece yeah. about everything in our church. It's certainly hodgepodge. Cloverdale, we probably think we figure we may have 3% background in the Church of God, 3 out of 100%. Yeah. We have every <laughs> denominational background you can imagine, but that's kind of what the Church of God's about. The Church of God years ago was founded in, in the the sense of uh, coming together that all Christians are believers, that, that we need to come together and worship God together and not fight over the non-essentials. And just yeah. we we want to we certainly want to interpret the word of God correctly, but there are some things the word of God that you know that's not easy to interpret. And I think Jesus. Yeah. And this morning, early in the morning, about five in the morning, I was listening to uh, uh, the book of First John. I listened all through the book First John, and you can tell the essentials are people knowing Jesus and living righteous lives. Yeah, that's that's what it matters. Yeah, and and too, uh, so Church of God for those that aren't familiar is a Wesleyan background, and Wesley was the founder of the Methodist Church, and the whole purpose behind that is he just saw and uh, you know through reading James and stuff like that that he he was like okay we need to put into practice what what we preach, and so that's why they became known as the Methodists. They were using the methods in order these means of grace to see God. So they'd visit prisoners, they'd pray. And he was actually at Oxford where he started this club. Then he comes to the U.S. and in Savannah, Georgia, he's a huge part of what is known as the first great awakening. And so it was like this shift from this Puritan Anglican mindset, which was like the theology during the day. And he says something so profound as he says that I believe that I've been called that the world is my parish. And he says, it doesn't matter if you're a preacher or a layman. If we get people that really believe in God, we are going to see uh, that the gates of hell will be rattled and that people will come to Christ. And so whatever denomination you are, can't we get behind that statement that if we have people that truly love Jesus, we are going to shake the gates of hell and we are going to see people come to Christ because of our passion for God. And so his whole thing wasn't necessarily, this is the right theology. He was saying, let's put into practice what we preach and let's go about it. And that's what the church of God has echoed, Mm -hmm. tried to echo throughout their, you know, entire existence, I believe from, you know, my perspective. And our church, of course, is a Church of God, Anderson, Indiana, is a holiness of movement. We are uh, many times equated with uh, the Nazarene and the Salvation Army and the Free Methodists. Yeah. Uh, we're cl- certainly a lot closer to the Free, free Methodists because yeah. they're very Wesleyan and very... Uh, Methodists have broken off over yes, time. They have. Uh, yeah. The basic idea was that at Oxford, they started the Holiness Club. Yeah. And so that's where the holiness movement comes from is what John Wesley and his brother, Charles Wesley, right. and then George Whitfield, which was actually yeah. a diehard Calvinist. Yeah. So there was a variety of different theologies behind yeah, it, which there is, is interesting. And I, I'm not a, and as you well know, Max, I'm not an arguer of theology. Mm-hmm. I want people to know Jesus. I want them to know yeah. the power of the resurrection. I want them to know that he's coming again. And if you love the Lord, you're going to be with him someday. And that, that to me is essential and know yeah. that we have forgiveness of sins. And that he loves us, and I love. Like I said, I'm going to be doing a sermon uh, next week, I believe, on First John three. But I'm just telling you what the Bible. Jesus wants us to practice righteousness, be a righteous people, be a holy people, and to be and to believe in Him and trust in Him, and that's what matters. And like like you said, a lot of different denominations have different views on different things, but the essential is this: is that you believe that Jesus. Christ is the Son of God, and that He died for your sins, and that He rose again. And if you believe in Him, you will spend eternity with Him. And that's what we want you to understand and to believe. 
Well, I want to read James chapter 1, verse 2, uh, verse 22, excuse me. It's very short. It says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Do what it says. I mean, that's we hear the word of God all the time. We have instruction from the word of God. We see the Beatitudes in the fifth chapter of Matthew, and he gives them advice. We see even in the Old Testament the Ten Commandments, things that we should do, you know, and, and they're very they're very easy things, uh, cut and dry. They're not like something you can't get <laughs> or understand. Yeah. If you can't understand the Ten Commandments, you can't understand a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But as you read through the New Testament, you see over and over uh, Jesus' instruction to the people. You know, he said, and he and he's giving them advice, and he's telling them to heal the sick and 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 believe. You know, it all comes down to the belief system, Max. Yeah, yeah. And in, in um in my sermon uh, last Sunday, um, I don't know when this is coming out, so it will be a while ago. Yes, but uh, I actually brought up the Ten Commandments, and Jesus echoes that, like you were saying, it's the it's the system in this. And uh, what I what I find super interesting about that whole thing is when you read the Ten Commandments, the first four are about how we love God, and then six through ten are about how we love others. And then you get to the you know, the book of Micah and he sums it up with pretty much the same thing. You know, he says to uh, to act kindly, to love justice, and to walk humbly with God. And then Jesus tells us to love God and to love other people. And so like you were saying is that, yeah, these Ten Commandments, you know, they're, they're a nice kind of box of, of these, you know, things. But the heart behind it is if we're transformed by a love for God, then it's going to automatically lead us to love other people and serve other people. And then James gives us such a practical, practical, you yeah. know, if, if you really want to get into the, the, the nitty gritty of it, go read the book of James because it's just all, hey, as believers, we need to do this. As, as you go through trials, we need to look to God during this way to knowing that he's perfecting our faith like there's so many little things in there that just are like hey this is what a life with christ looks like and that's what we want to exemplify it is and that's what he says don't just listen to the word that just deceives yourself you're just Mm -hmm. you know i listen now i listen almost every morning to numbers of chapters of the bible i just went through james yesterday and you talk about a great book. James is actually one of my very favorite books in the Bible. Mm-hmm. I love James. I also like First John because First John is very practical and 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 he's very concentrated on one thing. That's righteousness. And yes, end of times coming, but be righteous, practice righteousness, be holy, be holy as I am holy. I mean, there's so many uh, things that are positive that James and First John tells us. But he says, do don't just merely listen. But do what it says. It's just kind of max like at home. Your parents tell you to do something. Now, if my dad told me to do something very seriously at home, wasn't just a passive, hey, could you? But if it was, you know, I need you to do this. Yeah. But I didn't do it. There was consequences. Oh, absolutely. You know, because, you know, I wanted to be an obedient son. I wanted to do that. And same with my daughter growing up. I told her some things I wanted her to do, you know, and if she didn't do it, there was consequences. Now, you got a little two-year-old. That uh, I'm sure you're teaching him the same thing, even at an early age, you know. And uh, pretty soon they find out about consequences, and then they start doing the right thing. But mm-hmm. James is saying here, uh, don't merely listen, 
but do what it says. Well, we just kind of gave you a little intro today of life, what's going on in church, and, and we're done. It Time has passed already, <laughs> but we're going to continue on and get into the Word uh, tomorrow and a few days following. Lord bless you. Have a great day. LifePoint is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.